Hey, everybody, and welcome to A Friend in Me, a podcast about friendship, culture, and the kingdom of God, all through the lens of Pixar. Today, we're talking Cars 3, the conclusion to the Cars trilogy, with my friend Josiah, who is my co-worker here at Gordon, and we had a great time talking about this movie, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Before we jump into it, I want to let you know a couple announcements. First of all, I'd like to sincerely thank Mario Aguirre, my editor, for his hard work on the last several episodes on the podcast. He was a great collaborator. He has now moved on. Uh, he's uh, doing other things, but very grateful for his time on the show, and we wish him well. I also want to let you know that this Sunday, October 29th, I'll finally be doing my Elemental live stream episode. So we'll be on Facebook Live. Uh, you can find the link on my Instagram, uh, and I'll also put it in the show notes here on Spotify, the link to my Facebook, so that you can watch us discuss the most recent Pixar movie. We'll do another trivia. We'll do a giveaway. It's It'll be a little bit more casual than our no normal episodes. I have several friends who are going to be on there with me talking about Pixar's newest film. So if you haven't seen it yet, I really encourage you to go watch it on Disney Plus before Sunday. Uh, and even if you have already seen it, but it's been a while, go ahead and watch it again. That's what I'm going to do. I think it's going to be a great time. And that's Sunday at 7 p.m. on October 29th. So tune in for that. Now let's get to the synopsis of Cars 3. Blindsided by a new generation of blazing fast cars, the legendary Lightning McQueen finds himself pushed out of the sport that he loves. Hoping to get back in the game, he turns to Cruz Ramirez, an eager young trainer who has her own plans for winning. With inspiration from the fabulous Hudson Hornet and a few unexpected turns, number 95 prepares to compete on Piston Cup's racing's biggest stage. There you go. That's Cars 3, and I hope you enjoy this conversation between myself and Josiah. I dressed up for this. I was really... I'm, I'm wearing my favorite... One of my favorite sweatshirts Oh, for this episode. I did not dress up for this. I'm wearing sweaty gym shorts. I went on a four-mile run and did not shower. Do you know what my favorite joke this. is? What? So you went... You Wait, how many miles did you run? I ran four. Four what? I ran four miles. Who's Miles? How's he doing? <laughs> Hello and welcome to A Friend in Me. I'm here with my good friend Josiah, who is actually my newest friend that I've had on the podcast. So we haven't been friends for long, but it's been a meaningful friendship for the last couple of months. And I'm excited to talk with Josiah, my friend and coworker. How you doing, Josiah? Oh, Porter. Hello. Welcome. Good evening. Uh, thank you again. Thank you for having me. I I am doing well. I am like like you. You are my newest friend. So, Aww. thanks. That's that's good. No, I'm I'm excited for us to be able to talk about Cars 3. <laughs> they didn't stop at Cars 1. <laughs> they didn't stop at Cars 2, which they should have, maybe. But no, they came back, they made Cars 3, which is a better movie than Cars 2, I'll say that. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. So, Cars 3, 
is uh, the spiritual sequel to Cars 1, in my opinion, Josiah. I think it does a better job of capturing what the Cars franchise should be about, which is racing, not international espionage. Yeah. Would you agree with yes, that? Yes, yes. It yes. is a return to not only a, probably a spiritual sequel, but more a proper sequel following similar themes. Yes. Racing on similar tracks, coming full circle, like a track. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It, the franchise goes in a circle. You could say they took two left turns. <laughs> in Cars 2, they were turning right to go left. <laughs> yes. They were turning right <laughs> to go left, and Which is now odd they because, are back on track. Well, because it took place where they drove on the different side of the road, too. So they even... Oh, yeah. It takes place all over the world. But yeah. anyway, good for Pixar to come back around and say, hey, maybe we should explore the fact that Doc Hudson died. Maybe we should yeah. actually talk about that. Yeah. Um, and maybe we should have Mater just be the fun sidekick instead of the main character. Yes. Yeah. So it was good. He is a main character in a short as well, right? He has a bunch of shorts, okay. I think. Yeah. He he belongs. <laughs> he belongs in the animated in the short world. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. He does a great job. He serves his purpose as the great, fun-loving sidekick, yes. Sancho Panza. Yes. You know. They almost demoted him too much, in my opinion, in the third one. He was not He was not around. He has maybe 10 lines. Yeah. So, Although he gives really good advice via FaceTime to Lightning. Okay, so, Josiah, let's talk about our friendship. Good. Much good. like good. Mater and Lightning, <laughs> we have <laughs> a friendship. <laughs> and, yes, no, that's, that's where the similarities end, is about we're friends with each other. Uh, well, and that I'm hyper-competitive. But... Well, that makes you Mater, and now I feel bad. No, you're not Mater, just... <laughs> okay, Wait, well, we'll, we'll move on. Let's talk about Mater. friendship. Yeah, let's okay. talk about friendship. How did we become friends, Josiah? Well, let's see. So, Porter, you were the one who ushered me into my interview for this job. Yes, you that's got, true. You got me outside of the student life office. He said, I think you said, Josiah? And I said, yes, and we're, like, we're ready for you. Which I was late for. I don't know if we've ever talked about it. I was two oh, minutes late. Oh, you were? Late. Yeah. Wow. But... But maybe we I'm were glad. late prepping, so it didn't. Yeah, felt, I don't think we. Did. I remember seeing you almost pacing from the window because I think you were waiting for me to sit down oh. so that you could come out and get me. But uh, yeah, that's. I wouldn't say our friendship began there, but that's when our interactions really began. You texted <laughs> me. You texted me when I'm when Lee and I moved into Tavilla, and immediately hit us with your favorite spots to go, including Flip the Bird. Oh, yeah. And this podcast yeah. is sponsored by Flip the Bird. <laughs> Nashville hot only. Don't go to Angry Bird. Yeah. And I forget what other. You had some ice cream and some stuff. But then you. But then we finally saw each other. You had some time out west, New York, and <laughs> some time. And we had some time away. And when we got back, you took us out to Flip the Bird. Or first we went no, to. No, you went we to, went to A&B, A&B Burger. And that was. We had some great burgers. Great burgers. Did time. you get a milkshake? I did. I did. Yeah. Caramel milkshake. Non-alcoholic. Yeah. For you, Mom. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, it was great. And and you walked us from Beverly, yes. where you used to live, and took us to Dane Street. It, both times, are the, the interactions we would have with you, we would leave and both of us would go, man, this is good. Oh. Well, here's my, here was my perspective. I was trying to be hospitable, get to know them, but there's two of them and one of me, and they were asking me so many good questions. 
And I felt like I was like, wow, I'm just talking about myself. I want to talk about them. But then they would hit me with another good question. I would talk about and I was like, wow, I feel like they're the ones being hospitable to me, even though I'm the one who lives here and <laughs> invited them out to dinner. So thank That's you, funny. Josiah. You and Lee are just hospitable people. I feel like your presence is hospitable. So thank you for that. Well, thank you, Porter. And yeah, I would tell you the same thing if I didn't have a microphone in front of me too but I really I love you I thank you for being my friend and thank you for welcoming me to Gordon oh just <laughs> I, I love you too and I think your presence on the RD team so for those of you who oh yeah we're forget what I do we're co-workers <laughs> I, we're both resident directors at Gordon College so we're in Come charge on. of residence Hall. halls he, he stopped himself what were you gonna say Josiah <laughs> no. Chase Hall and Fulton Hall um, but yes Josiah is a good resident director and an even better friend, and I'm grateful to have you on. I've been I've been a fan of your podcast since you said. Oh no, the one thing that that Lee and I love about you, Porter, is what, well, and I'll get to this later. But you you are genuinely humble, but also self forgetful in the way that you sent us your podcast on finding Finding Nemo. And said, listen to this one. I don't think I would have the guts to do that to a new friend, but say like, hey, listen, listen to something I made and tell me your thoughts on that. So I really appreciate that you did that. So we took a trip to, um, we took a trip up to these, you know, many states up here. And the first hour and a half of our drive was listening to you talk about Finding Nemo. And it was precious. Oh, well, thanks so much. I I mean, it's such a good episode. I got, I got to send it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But I, I feel like, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I, I think we've had good conversations when I found out. I think it was the first time we did an RD cookout outside of Bromley. Yeah. And you and Andrew and Abram were all talking about books and yeah. literature. And I was so excited. I said, oh, people who like to talk about good <laughs> stories and analyze what God can say through stories that these are my my people. So was super grateful to have another lover of good stories on the team, which is why, of course, I picked you for the sophisticated art of Cars 3. (laughs) I will say I was, I did think Cars 3, but. (laughs) We do every movie. We do every movie. But yeah, it's, you're faithful. This is good. And thank you. I haven't seen this movie until we watched it together. In your apartment, shout out Fulton, and I, I walked away. I liked it. Yeah, it was better than I thought. Yeah, it definitely is better than Cars Two. It's probably not Cars One, or Cars, but I think watching these movies as adults, unironically, is amazing. Is worth the time. Mm-hmm. And preach yeah, it. So preach it. <laughs> maybe that's. I I still don't have Disney Plus. I don't think it's a reason to buy Disney Plus. But if you, but. You can always come by to yeah. use my <laughs> yeah. friend's Disney Plus, yeah. which is on my TV. <laughs> so until they crack down, I heard they're cracking down like Netflix did. But yeah, I have been struck by two things. One, you can talk about deep things from mediocre movies. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. Scorsese to be mm-hmm. a prompt a thoughtful conversation. And number two, ev- when you watch a movie with the posture of oh could god speak to me through this film is there anything there for me you find things that you would not have found if you were just you know going with the mindset of oh i'm just here to 
be entertained. So, yeah, every film gives me more than I expected it to. Yeah, Cars three, you know, it's it's a it's an okay showing. It's 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 not their finest work, but like you said, it it's way better than Cars two. So, sorry <laughs> to way? those of you who love Cars two. I know I have a couple fans of the pod who are huge. Cars 2 apologists. I'll we love you. You're wrong, but we love you. I'll have to listen to that episode. You, yeah, it? you should. Oh, yeah. We should have had that as your prep to listen to the Cars 2. But Julianne, my friend on that episode, loves Cars 2. So. Which is not to say it's a bad movie. Yeah. Unless you said that in the episode. Well, at the beginning, I said it was bad, and I kind of came around to, okay, this part is good, this part is good, which Julianne was very excited about but now it's been long since we recorded that so i'm back to i think it's a bad movie but you know it is what it is now cars three let's talk about some of the things that stood out to us in this movie well i did love that we talk about how cars three comes back kind of full circle to cars one Mm -hmm. um and so watching it as someone who hasn't seen cars in a while remembering doc hudson and the character he played in the he you know he's this well, he's not in the movie Cars 3, uh, to spoil, since he is, hey, he has passed on by that time. Yeah. But he does come up in memories and other things and through his uh, his coach. I loved, actually, the, that character. Smokey. Smokey. Yeah, it's just, I, I, I was telling you before this began, like, this is a simple thing, but Pixar movies are sweet and they come across, or they, they can take the third of a movie, the third iteration of it, and just make it something that, wow, I didn't think that I could possibly be tearing up at Lightning McQueen's success, but through the eyes of Doc Hudson, through the eyes of Smokey, telling Lightning how much of an impact he had on Doc. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that, that garage door opening scene where you see the photos and images of Cars 1 as yeah. newspaper clippings. That Doc Hudson was collecting and sending to his yes. mentor, Smokey, saying, look at what lightning's yeah. doing and look at how proud i am of him yeah that's really sweet yeah, that was a sweet that's a sweet frame and what does Smokey say to light so lightning says oh i wish i could have seen doc when he was so happy and he's like what do you mm-hmm. mean and he says well racing was the best thing of doc's life when it got taken away we know he was never the same and then what does Smokey say yeah he said to that, lightning he he said that the best part of his life was coaching lightning mcqueen as his cruise yeah. chief yeah and so then Lightning goes and sees all these pictures that Doc had sent. Yeah, it's really beautiful. So there you go. Cars 3. What, okay, beautiful what do you home. got, though? Mine's, is it from the mine racing Mine is in the less woods? sentimental. Uh, so I, in terms of animation, they do have some pretty epic racing shots. Their animation's clearly way better than it was when they made Cars 1. So they have the scene where... They flip over the other car. That's pretty cool. And then the crash scene, when lightning crashes at the beginning, it's pretty intense, uh, pretty dramatic. I This is Pix, one of Pixar's last G-rated movies. So I was a little intrigued to see that it was rated G wow. because I thought, oh, that was a really intense crash scene. I could have seen that getting it up to PG, but Toy Story 4 was their last G-rated movie. They've only made PG since, which is interesting. But anyway, I digress. Um <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there's some cool racing shots. There's the shot where they're racing on uh, an old track, and there's a puddle, and you see the puddle vibrate when they mm. zoom by. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the, probably the coolest shot in the movie, in my opinion. 
so yeah, some some good animation, but we're we expect that. The story itself, I struggle when a film has a plot point that seems unrealistic to me. Now I get it. It's this is literally some would say, dude, it's Cars Three. Give it some slack. But at the end of the movie. Lightning McQueen starts this race and he is racing along and he has to win in Mm -hmm. order to keep uh, being able to be a racer and control his future future instead of becoming just a um, marketing kind of salesman type. What you see of the pro athletes on Subway. Yeah, yeah. He's going to just be a spokesperson unless he wins this race. Then he can control his fate. But then halfway through the race, he decides to let Cruz his mentee race. And we'll get to this more in the thematic parts. And so in the middle of the race, he goes from being the racer to being the crew chief, which I just was confused at how you could enter a different car Mm -hmm. into a race. Mm -hmm. Now it'll be interesting to look up. Can you change drivers in the middle of a NASCAR race? As long as it's still the same number car. Right. I don't know. Cause that was what, that was the point they made in the movie. They painted her number, Mm -hmm. the same number onto her. Ramon did a great job. Yes, Ramon did a great paint job. And then she drove and finished the race and was able to win. And you, it's exciting. And, oh, there's a victory. But it's also kind of confusing because, wait, is that legal? Like, right. did they just. But then also they tack the on Sterling is still like, okay, Lightning, you got to time to go have your photo shoot tomorrow morning. And then you look at the scoreboard or the Jumbotron and it says, wait, wait, wait. Lightning McQueen is also a winner since he started the race. So both with the, we have to look, would both racers in an NASCAR, if you could change drivers, would both of them be winners? That part almost makes more sense. If you're going to have a rule where two people are allowed to tag team a race, then you should give them both the victory. It's just not fair in the concept of, like, if I'm running a marathon and then I run a 13, I run half of it. And then I tag you, and you run. That's a relay. That's not a marathon. Right. So it's actually unfair because she has more stamina in the tank. And we're back. We unfortunately were cut out due to battery loss in my recorder. But CTS at Gordon College, mm-hmm. Eric Moe and Jay Lee are there for you if you need to get AA batteries when you're recording your podcast. So. Shout out to Gordon College CTS. Always there when you have a time of need. Thank you for the batteries. And we're back. And we're back. The the ending, the race, it, it kind of bothers me, but I get it. It's not about that. It's not about the competition. But if I was one of these other cars, I would certainly be appealing the yeah. decision. What I would it? be appealing to mm-hmm. the NAS or whatever the name of their organization, the Piston Cup organization, yeah. saying this is not fair. But it is they sweet. Seemed completely it's certainly fine with it. sweet and certainly meaningful. Is it fair? Not particularly. But also, maybe we don't need to say whether it's fair or not because the none of the cars had an issue with had it. an issue. Because in their world, this is legal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In their world, they decided that this is fair. You know, they're thinking <laughs> good strat. Good strat. Who am I to tell the cars how they need to organize their athletic leagues? We have enough issues in the NFL with the rules there. Yeah, have and you seen those articles I bet you about if the car watched us playing football? They would have a lot to say about the rules yeah. and and the officiating. So, t- to be honest, maybe I should, as a human, just shut my mouth. Maybe. 
Maybe I should just shut your grill. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, one more thing, Josiah. We've I joked about this with you. I I think they opened a can of worms that is uncomfortable for me. There's a scene where there's an old female racer who used to have a crush on Doc, and she's telling about how back in her day they didn't like the idea of a lady racer, and she had to take a number and put it on herself, which is maybe where they got the idea for Cruz to put on Lightning's number, but she had to take a number and just put it on and race anyway, even though they weren't going to let her. And then she turns to this car that's clearly a male and has been kind of joking with them, who is also painted black. And she says to this car, you know what I'm talking about, River. And he goes, (laughs) I think, or maybe that's the actor's name. No, River, I think, was the character's name. And he says, yeah, if we waited for them to give us an opportunity, we never would have raced. Yeah, yeah. And that makes me think there's racial discrimination in the Cars universe. They're not only discriminating against female racers. Yeah. They're discriminating against a car because he was painted black. And to me, that is, that's a whole can of worms that just, they never mentioned again. But anyway, very interesting because I didn't think that the color of the car corresponded to any uh, racial element. There's nothing else in any of the Cars universe that made us think that. In Cars 2, they make fun of cars that don't run well and they call them lemons. So there's maybe some ableism in Cars 2. But here in Cars 3, there's a nod to there being racial discrimination. Anyway, kind of weird to me. I know you're making a weird face. You're like, why are we talking about this? Well, I'm like, lemons is the name for a a car that doesn't run well. No, I know. But they get... get, marginalized in Cars 2. Have you seen Cars 2? <laughs> they mistreat the lemons, but then the lemons kind of try to rise up and and anyway, it becomes a thing. But anyway, just, just know that if a car, it doesn't matter the color of a car's paint. They should be able to race yes, in the race. Yeah. Can we we agree on that? Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we agree on that. This okay. is not a debate. Yeah, no, I'm just, it's just, it was just an odd, but it's there. Anyway, it was a moment that you paused the movie. <laughs> you said, wait, wait, is yes. this what I just heard? Yes. Because certain w- movies with weird worlds like this, it is funny to overanalyze. It's not obviously not funny that there is discrimination in right. the world. It's sad, but also <laughs> it, it's just weird. It just, it, just, comes it has to end somewhere when you're making, when, when it's this, what do you call it? When, when the inanimate objects take on human qualities in movies. Anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphism, thank you. It's the leaps that you have to take, or yeah. it has to end somewhere, or else people like us on podcasts are talking we'll about- We'll analyze it, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like in Cars 1, they only drink oil or gasoline. Right. Cars 2, Mater has wasabi. Weird. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. there's yeah. things like that. Um, but, yeah, anyway- you probably are listening, thinking, why are they still talking about this? So we will move on. Let's talk but about the kingdom it is, of God. It is, yes, let's talk about, well, first we're going to talk about cultural implications. Oh, right. But we will get to the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is here right now. The kingdom of God is with us. So this is all within that realm. But let's talk about cultural implications, Josiah. Okay. What did you see as a cultural message of Cars 3? Good question, Porter. When I was thinking about this the cultural implication. I was thinking the cultural implication for Cars 2 Cars is 3. not the movie we're talking about. It's yeah. Cars 3. 
Cars 3. Okay. So this movie's all about, you know, mentors and everything. The cultural implication is the giving up, the self-forgetfulness, the humility, and being able to see it in others rather than trying to hang on to some sort of accomplishment yourself. Mm. Let me explain. Lightning McQueen is the star of this film. He's the person uh, trying to hang on to his career. We were talking about NFL stars who tried to play late into their 40s, unlike Tom Brady, who could not do it well. But um, and Well, no, you're saying Brady did do it well. But we're, yeah, players, but unlike Lightning Tom McQueen Brady. is struggling more a la Brett Favre. Yes. Or, uh, Philip Rivers? Yeah, he, he did okay. Peyton Manning is, I think, the best analogy. Yeah. But that's because he Lightning got a win, but it, he got carried. Yeah. And yeah. Peyton's last Super Bowl, he got carried. And he even admitted that at the ESPYs. What I appreciated about this film was that call. It, it, it struck me, actually, in this work. So we work with students. We disciple students for a living, which is kind of a awesome. remarkable thing. But I think sometimes it's easy to make things about myself or it's easy to look for things about myself and to enjoy attention, to enjoy popularity. But what I was learning from Cars is that Lightning McQueen, the best racer of his day, and a very popular character, and you know, there's even stuffed animals and all these toys about him. He realized that it's not about him anymore, mm-hmm. and it's actually about Cruz. And actually, the best thing he could do is see it in someone else and bring it out. Yeah. Or, well, especially because Cruz goes through this whole thing of not believing in herself or not believing that she herself could be a racer. And so I think the implication for myself is kind of a reality check or priority check of, hey, are you in this work to develop students? Or are you in this work to enjoy the benefits, the, the personal benefits yeah. of caring for students? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what that says about larger cultural things, but I think it it um probably was something I needed to be reminded of of yeah, and actually, it, there's a greater joy in it because then that I think that's maybe what sticks out to me about Doc Hudson's story, and that you learn that actually his greatest joy was seeing Lightning McQueen succeed and coaching him was because it doesn't reflect back on Doc. Like you don't think it's not like his greatest joy was that because then he got all these accolades, yeah, right. But it was his greatest joy because he saw a lot of potential in Lightning, and Lightning became this. And now, student development, look how great this is. He gets he gets discipled. Lightning gets discipled by Doc. Lightning. Discipled and mentored. I mean, there's okay, not... Okay, okay. We're not pointing lightning to Christ. Are we, well, I well, mean, we don't know. To Chrysler. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, he gets mentored, but then he passes it on as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he, at one point in the movie, he says, racing is the reward. He yeah. doesn't want to milk the rewards of fame. He wants to be a racer, which it's good that he's not obsessed with fame, but he has missed the point of what is the reward in this journey. And it's not just racing. It's the cars you meet along the way. I mean, it's the cars and the cars that you're able to pour into. And it, it's interesting you mentioned how he needed to realize it's not all about him because that's literally the message of the first movie, mm-hmm. but it's a different in a different way. And isn't that like how God teaches us? He teaches us the same lesson hmm. over and over again in life, but we just need to learn it again in a different way. Yeah. 
Um, and, was, and decentering the self in this movie, in the first one, he decides to push King. He decides to not win the final race. Yeah, he gives yeah. up victory to allow the King to finish his final race. So he realizes it's not all about winning. It's about having integrity and racing well. But now he's learning it's not just it's not all about racing either. It's about how can you invest in others? How can you pour into others? And so he it's cool that he has this like we joked about full circle yeah journey. I do I do want to say though that I I really liked his racing is the reward as a another maybe call of it's not all about the product but the process or enjoy yes. enjoy the work that you're doing not because you might win this competition but because it's you you know it's like Eric Liddell when I run I feel his pleasure it's not when I win I feel his pleasure you know, he's just doing yeah. what he's supposed to be doing. No, that, you're right. In the in the context he said it, it was a very good thing to say, I feel rewarded by racing itself. I don't need to make a bunch of money off of mud flaps, selling mud right. flaps. But it's maybe incomplete. It's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's incomplete. And because he's in this mindset, which isn't a bad one, that it's about racing and he loves racing, he misses that maybe what this movie is about is not about his racing. Maybe what his this stage of his career is going to be about mentoring and pouring into another young racer. So I think maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers is learning that right now as he pours into Zach Wilson. We see Zach Wilson's stats. Yeah. All of a sudden, Zach Wilson's out here beating, who did they just beat? The Eagles. The they Eagles. beat Jalen Hurts. Zach Wilson beat Jalen Hurts. This just became a sports podcast here. But yeah. I'm saying <laughs> it's because Aaron Rodgers, with his torn Achilles, That's what you're saying. The real is reason. mentoring Zach Wilson much like Lightning has mentored. Are you sure Cruiser it's not just Maris? because he no longer wears a headband? Have you seen oh, that? Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. Or about Donna Kelsey. There's yeah. some jokes about that. Anyway, <laughs> awesome. all different theories why Zach Wilson's performing well. But we know why Cruz Ramirez raced well. It's because she had a mentor who knew her well. He, had he knew learned, what to say. He knew her anxieties, her insecurities. Mm. He had seen the things that she would be encouraging to her. Yeah. He was using good inspiring language sometimes he was tough sometimes he was gentle he learned how to be a good coach mm. by remembering doc and being with Smokey. Mm. and so then at the end of the film he's able to be a good coach mm. which is cool that's sweet and that, you're right that is a big part of our job is we need to get out of the way and stop thinking yeah. about oh how do i look how are people perceiving me and say here's a his college student who god is working in their life and how can we help draw out learning for them and how can we help them to process their college experience in a way that is growing and just decentering ourselves yeah it's an important exercise for rds to decenter themselves what do you think about this he gives up his spot for Cruz. he's not the crew chief immediately he is just on the sideline mm -hmm. i i maybe it's not something to belabor but i do like that it's not like oh i'll let you do this so i can talk in your ear but it's like no, you deserve this spot. And it seems like almost for a moment until until Smokey says, I'm not going to say that. You need to say this. Mm -hmm. Almost puts him in the position of being a crew chief that that Lightning was happy enough to give her the opportunity and knew that she could do it alone. Mm -hmm. And he was, yeah, comfortable enough that I will be right here. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's more to that, but... Well, um, and then he eventually becomes the crew chief yeah. because Smokey doesn't know how to motivate her yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. And but Lightning does. But yeah, you're right. He is just willing to be on the sideline. Just out of the way. A supporter. Yeah. 
which is good. And it is a journey. You can see how he learned all the way from the first movie, how he's been learning. I don't know if we saw that in Cars 2. What he learned in Cars 2, I think he learned that he was mean to Mater. He was mean to Mater. So he learned, don't be mean to Mater, which is a good lesson too. <laughs> but I do think the, <laughs> the messages of Cars 1 and Cars 3, like I said, they resonate with each other. It's, it's, a, it's a good sequel to Cars 1. Well, I want to share with you, Josiah, what my thoughts were about some cultural implications. I think Cars 2 shows us that people who feel comfortable in a certain environment should seek to provide welcome to those who don't feel comfort comfortable in a certain environment. So wow. let me explain this. Yeah, please. So Cruz is Lightning's trainer at the beginning of the movie. So she's been trying to hype him up with all these newfangled techniques of uh, getting him into uh, good racing shape. She kind of just sees him as an old guy. She's not in she's touch with who he really well. is. Yeah. And he gets pretty annoyed with how their training process is going and doesn't feel like it's going well. And he makes a comment to her where he says, You don't even know what it's like to be a racer. So don't tell me. This is what I need when you don't even know. You don't even belong in this world is kind of mm. what he's getting at. It's like you have no experience. And then she, she has the car. She has the truck pull over. She drives out of the car. So she's retreating away from him good. and then tells him her story and says, I didn't want to be a trainer. I wanted she to says, be a ask racer. Me, ask uh, me. Yeah, you're right. She is- says, ask me, did I want to be a trainer? Did I spend hours mm. driving laps around my school? Did I spend hours doing this and that because I wanted to be a trainer? Yeah. And then he asks her and she says no. And she shares a story about how her family want they let her try. They get they I think supported her in trying but didn't think it would work for her. And when she shows up to the first race of her career, she looks around and is convinced in her core, I don't belong. Mm. I don't belong in this world. And I think she then doesn't even race. She gives up her shot. She had one shot and she drives away because she's so convinced she doesn't belong. And then she says, some, she, I think, asks Lightning, have you ever felt, or like, how were you able to do your first race? Yeah. How were you able to do your first race when you're the, the new person and, and what was that like? And he basically says, I've never felt that way when racing. He's never felt like he doesn't belong in that world yeah. because he is a strong male car and that's the expectation in that world there's there's kind of this stereotype of most of the cars in that world are like him and so he doesn't even think about that he's able to be completely oblivious to the insecurities that others have because of his status as this kind of athletic male Mm. uh, car now take this into our world for me as a white male at gordon like as a, let's say when I was a student, mm-hmm. I was pretty comfortable right away. Like I felt like I was able to connect with people, make friends. And then when I hear probably like my sophomore, junior year, starting to hear stories about my friends of color who are at a predominantly white institution. And then they're coming, some of them from schools where there, it was majority like diverse, it was a diverse community and then they feel like Gordon is a lot less diverse and, and the, uh, the dominant culture mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. them feel 
more uncomfortable in the environment. And I was oblivious to that. I wasn't thinking of how can I leverage the opportunity or uh, privilege that I've been given or the comfort levels I have in this community to make others more welcome in this mm. space. So for example, for on the other side, for me, I feel pretty uncomfortable anytime I walk into a gym. I mm. feel out of my league. I feel like people are going to judge me. And so I don't even go most of the time. But in college, I had a couple of friends, like my friend Ryan, he would go with me and say, hey, I'm going to give you workouts that I've done. We'll do it together. That was the only way that I was ever going to go to the gym because I felt like I was a, I was just going to be laughed at if I went in there, right? And so in this movie, Lightning had never thought that way about racing. He, he was so comfortable in the racing world. That was what he was destined to do or whatever. He just says this callous thing to his trainer. But then throughout the rest of the movie, he gets to hear about this other female racer who she had to fight for her opportunity to race. She was going to be kept out. And so she's kind of a trailblazer. And so there's this theme of, okay, how can I now help hmm. help uplift, help bring a platform to others who deserve to be platformed, but because of cultural circumstances have not been given a shot? Yeah. So yeah, what, do you, what are your thoughts on well, that? I think the, the saddest part about Cruz's story is that she, her family, I don't think they believed in her because that was like, you can't. Mm. So don't even try. I think that was their message to her. And so he's just said that that instilled the belief of the identity that I am a trainer, not a racer. Yeah. And just that, yeah, the how beliefs about oneself influence careers you know, influence uh, the rest of the people's lives and how important it is at these critical moments or the crucible moments, you could say crucible years of college to be able to call out someone, call out in the way of this is your true bring, identity. Help bring yes. out to the surface yeah. the truth. Do you know yeah. who you are? Yeah. Or, or has anyone ever told you that I see this in you, that this strength or this, because here's the thing, she won the race. Yeah. And it's not like she can do it. And it's yeah. not like lightning gave her this great lead, you know? So yeah, the advantage of her coming in is nil. She had to win the race if she was going to, and she did. So I think it goes to show that it's not like a pandering of like, Hey, you should come up to my level, but rather, Hey, you, you can do this. You could probably even do better than me, mm -hmm. which, yeah, that's, that's probably something to remember too is it's not it's not um oh let's come to the gym and do a workout that i'm doing and you're doing five pounds less than me it's like no i actually see that well if we went oh. i do think i would have to do five pounds <laughs> probably more than five no. pounds less than you josiah but <laughs> but 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 you're saying yeah not having this mindset of oh i'm like it's not a patronizing or like paternalistic right. mindset of yeah support yeah but uh seeing potential that's really there and yeah. calling it out it yeah. actually could go further so yeah I, I think it's just a really cool thing that pixar was willing to explore uh this kind of how to like you were saying see potential in others help them to see it in themselves helping them to believe in themselves when imposter syndrome yeah. takes over imposter syndrome is so strong and it can happen for a variety of reasons like i was saying it can happen because of cultural pressure yeah. but it can also just happen because of personal fears and insecurities and so yeah it's it's a 
cool movie that kind of reminds those of us who are comfortable in a room. How can I help others feel and know that they belong to Yeah. Not just feel. Yeah. Know that they belong in this space. Like when I go in the Gordon lunchroom, mm. maybe I could do that too. And maybe those people who are popular at Gordon and feel comfortable on this campus, maybe they could say, hey, who on my hall maybe seems like they're not comfortable here and they don't feel like they belong. Mm. And could I actually get out of my shell of comfort and belonging and maybe try to welcome them into a space of yeah. community? So, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And it probably goes without saying, but it's this is not the same pandering. This isn't like, oh, you look out of place. Let me help you. It's build relationships with others yeah and see and they and you will be able to see and yeah. it's definitely the like you can pick up on social cues or you on people on your floor of like oh i don't think they're really interacting maybe let me reach out but but sometimes we are oblivious yeah. so i think maybe what i'm just saying is just like kind of open your eyes to the fact that not everyone is going to be like oh this is easy right um but you're right it's it's through building relationships not through some sort of like making them a project or something yeah yeah, yeah. and uh you did do that, Porter. Not in the same way, but or we saw. I saw you at Lane, and I was, you know, by the fries, the usual around lunchtime. Yeah, and you were like, "I'm having a personal lunch," but you never know. Maybe God wants me to sit with a student. All right. Well, that's cool. It always happens this way. We end up talking about God in the cultural aspect, but that <laughs> makes sense because He's deeply He cares. He cares about the messages that our culture needs to hear, and I'm. Grateful that Cars 3 was willing to tackle that topic. But now we're going to transition into what are some of our theological takeaways, maybe gospel takeaways? How could this film inform something related to our Christian faith? Wow, let me go for it. Can I try it? Yeah, go for it. Well, I think this movie is about identity in Christ. Okay, I think this movie is about (laughs) identity. And I think again and again, the lesson to be learned is that your identity as a believer in Jesus Christ is in him alone. It is not by works, but it is by faith. We have been we clothed with righteousness, and uh, we're robed in righteousness, I think is what Isaiah Ramon says. covered us in the <laughs> Ramon, paint of righteousness. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is Ramon Jesus, Jesus in this story? No. <laughs> no Jesus' righteousness being robed on us does not come off when we're racing in Amidst trees in a forest, like lightnings, oh, that's like great. lightnings, heat sealed yeah. paint job. That was the false self coming uh, off. Yes, yeah. yeah, and you even pointed that. You're like, ooh, as it was whisking away, yeah, uh, like leaves falling in a frost poem. But why do I say this? Why do I say that it's about identity in Christ? Yeah, show well, it to me. Show it to okay. me from the movie. Well, first of all, go to Chris, Chris Hicks, Chick Hicks, Chick Hicks, Chick Hicks. The new voice actor, I think, didn't like this guy <laughs> okay. as much as from the first one. But Chick Hicks, he was a racer in the first movie. Yeah. Now he's one of those car. kind of angry sports commentators who likes to just throw digs at Lightning McQueen any chance he can get as he talks about racing. So, That's a, it's, that was his only topic. It's yeah. like uh, it's like Skip Bayless in the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> but okay, when he introduces himself in the beginning as part of the talk show, he says, "Forever or once and forever, Piston Cup champion." That is how Chick Hicks always, he always comes back to his oh, identity. He views himself that way. As the Piston Cup champion. And we all know that he did technically win the race, but that 
he didn't he would not you know he won because of lightning's integrity that's the lack of justice that if cars um that is annoying even as a probably an eight-year-old watching that movie <laughs> like he, he didn't really win yeah yeah, yeah. but when i i just i kept thinking about chick hicks i don't know why i keep I wrote, you, I, I wrote you're that. telling me you kept thinking about chick hicks i kept thinking about that as like man he's hung up oh. on or he is so consumed with this one a thing that he that that became his identity hmm. this this uh uh accomplishment that's the word yeah that this one accomplishment he made is everything to him and it and it and it was so shallow. Yeah. You could see it on. And this. now he's become a bitter and shallow yeah. person. Yeah, or, or continued to be. Yeah, really. But uh, how and how he tries to, and it's his only. It's only comparison is the rest of his identity because if he's not saying he's the Piston Cup champion, he's talking against yeah. Lightning McQueen or for Jackson Storm beating Lightning McQueen, mm-hmm. and I and I really don't have more of a way to unpack this other than I just saw that and was sad for Chick Hicks but I but you could see how Cruz comes into this own as believing herself to be a racer if we think racing in this analogy just being a racer in of itself is identity in Christ not accomplishment but just doing it just being who you are taking two laps at a time two left turns if you're just if that alone is what it means to have identity in Christ in that universe then Cruz has it and Lightning has it because the reward is racing. It's just being with God. It doesn't, it doesn't, if accomplishments come, accomplishments come, but the point isn't look at all these trophies I've, I've amassed or look who I am as a champion, but it's I'm a racer. Mm-hmm. In the same way that I think it's in this call to this work is like, it's so easy to compare. It's so easy to judge myself as like, oh, I'm not. I'm not as great of an RD or this and that. It's like, no, 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 I'm Josiah. My identity is in Christ. Literally nothing else matters. Am I called to do good work? Yes. Am I going to work hard at it? Yes. Do I need to receive feedback and that hurts sometimes and whatever? But the at, at the end of the day, when I go to bed and when I wake up, I need Jesus. And that is who has any claim on myself. And I don't want to end up... And it was... Well, I, I was gonna say I don't want to end up like Chick Hicks, but <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> also, I don't like '86. It's funny '86 isn't '86 like when the Red Sox lost the World Series, 1986. Yeah, Bill Buckner. Well, I was thinking. Oh, is that through the legs? Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking '86 like it means to like get rid of something. '86 that. Never heard of that in my life, but there you go. Yeah, well, that's his number. So 86 Chick Hicks in the sense of get rid of that idea that, and so here's the thing, he's not, his identity is not on, it's not like he's being, it's not like his identity is in something morally wrong. Like, oh, he's a champion. Like, that's a good thing. But it has become all consuming. Yeah. So, um, huh. Yeah, who knew, who knew Chick Hicks in the first 15 minutes would tell me what I, what I needed to hear about this movie? Yeah. I, it shows what a compassionate person Josiah is that, his takeaway from Cars Three is I'm sad for Chick Hicks. <laughs> I I Chick I'm also Chick jealous. Chick Hicks is is like not that important this movie, but I love it that he was able to see. Oh, here's somebody who has a warped sense of identity, and that and that just shows how you can find meaning yeah. in random parts because I don't think that was intentional from the, right, right, right. the story writers to 
to kind of give make him a a tragic figure, <laughs> the tra- like a Greek tragedy. But but I totally see it now that you explained it that way. And here's the interesting thing: when you wonder, oh, am I actually securing Christ? Oh, maybe Christ doesn't love me. Oh, that's like that. Oh, maybe I'm not a racer. Oh, maybe I don't belong. Maybe I'm not loved. Maybe when mm-hmm. when Cruz has those doubts and starts to think, no, maybe I'm not securing Christ or <laughs> yeah, 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 or yeah. secure as a racer. She races more poorly. Yeah. yeah. She, those things you're worried about being a good RD, having accomplishment and like being able to produce fruit in the world. We are so hard on ourselves if we're not seeing fruit and then think, Oh, maybe I'm not, maybe Christ doesn't love me. Maybe I'm not enough. We're looking at a lack of fruit and then claiming we're not secure rather than starting with, Mm-hmm. our identity in Christ, knowing that we are in him and he is in us, that we belong to him. And then when we're tethered to the vine and we just enjoy being with him and knowing that we are his, that's when fruit comes. Yeah. But the enemy wants us to focus so much on those other things because he knows that'll keep us from uh, mm. resting in our identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And even in the... Uh... Miss Critter Demolition Derby, it was when she won the race. Cruz won the race. And you could say maybe she had forgotten about all these worries or yeah, all no, these things she point. was thinking about. And she just had to race because she had, you could, you know, now we're going into like polyvagal nerve and like stress response. But like she had to survive. But she was, she was just racing at that point. She wasn't thinking about anything else. So stop over, get out of your own head. Yeah. There's a book on that. Yeah. Polyvagal nerve. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. But... That's the stress response. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I love that. And a lot of that, a lot of the films I've talked about, Josiah, on the podcast, we've circled around to that. Because... Identity? Identity. Because it's something our culture is asking about. It's something we're wrestling with. And of course, I think it is a human lifelong... I think it's always been a human question. Who am I? And who, who do I belong to? But it makes sense to me that a lot of Pixar's movies are exploring that because it's what kids are asking. It's what you and I are asking. And as you said, if we remember who we are in Jesus and that Josiah, you are God's beloved son. He loves you and he cherishes you and you belong to him. And when you remember that and rest in that, it'll allow you to, be more open-handed in your RDing. So I had a student come up to me and say, hey, man of God. And I went, I was taken aback. And then I said, hello, God's beloved. <laughs> it sounds... I love it. I love yeah, it. There's a little bit about this that's, that's cheekier um, that maybe could become trite. But I remember I have a... There's a great professor at this other institute, this other private Christian liberal arts institute. You can tailor, tailor... <laughs> Great institution, <laughs> but he he makes a huge point, and it's you almost laugh about it because he tells all students your identities in Christ. This is Scott Geyer, by the way. He always says your identities in Christ, and so his whole thing is like, answer my questions in class, raise up your hand, be bold, and then they you answer, and he goes wrong. But then there's this moment where people laugh, right? Whenever someone gives a wrong answer, the whole class laughs sometimes, and he will look at them and say, hey. She 
knows who her identity is in Christ. She knows that it's not about getting the answer right or wrong. At least she tried. All of you didn't try. Her identity is in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. It doesn't matter. Be wrong. It was amazing. That's good. That's good. <laughs> anyway, Cars 3. It's like Peter getting out of the boat. Peter got out of the boat. Where's these other disciples? Yeah. yeah. They didn't get out of the yeah. boat. Yeah. He, f- he lost his sight of Jesus, but he got out of the boat. Anyway. I- <laughs> Thanks, Ortberg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you read that book too. No, I've just, I read it on your bookshelf. If you want to walk on water, get out of you got to get out of the boat. <laughs> it's a good book. It's a good book. Porter, tell me what you're learning. Oh, shoot. I just hit my knee. Okay. <laughs> what I'm learning or what did I learn from Cars 3? Because I'm learning Cars 3, a lot we can talk, about, we can talk about, what about the human heart through C.S. This. Lewis, but this is not about till we have faces. Mm. This is about Cars 3. Cars 3 shows that the speed bumps and side roads of life can actually be the very thing God uses to form us. That's good. So let me explain. In Cars 3, lightning needs to become faster than Jackson Storm so he can win one race and then he won't have to be a spokesperson. He'll actually be able to stay a racer. He's not getting, he's not ready to let go of racing. He needs to win. So he gets really frustrated when he goes to the beach to train and start and start driving and he wants uh, his trainer to be able to follow behind him so she can keep his speed. Right. And, and track how fast he's going. Well, she doesn't have a lot of experience on outdoor, on dirt. She's very used to practicing in these training facilities. She's, she's used to the treadmills. She's now on a beach. She's not good at it. She keeps spinning out. She at one point stops because she didn't want to hit a baby crab. Which is cute. It was cute. You, you we said didn't see the you crab. think she's a very sweet character, Cruz. She's very sweet. I thought at the beginning she's a little annoying. A little because she is like, doesn't understand. She's... Yeah, but no, it's not true. But you're right; she's sweet, and we. I, I thought she was annoying. I, I didn't understand her yet. I hadn't heard her life story yet. Kind of like you and me. <laughs> anyway, no, I don't. No, I don't find you annoying. And if you're saying you find me annoying, <laughs> we can talk about that after this episode. <laughs> that was not what I was referring. Anyway, to. so she, yes, yeah, she is sweet. She has a kind heart. She doesn't want to hit the crab. But lightning gets so frustrated and says, "What was the point of this? It took me this whole time to teach you." how to drive on the sand when I was supposed to be training and I was supposed to be getting better and I didn't get better at all. Mm. Well, guess what? Guess what happened? He did get better as a person, as a car, because he learned how to communicate to someone who's struggling. But he didn't think of that. He thought the only goal was me staying a racer. So he thought that was a waste of an afternoon, was the most pointless exercise, whereas it actually was forming him into the success as a coach that he was going to get at the end of the movie. Then they go to a demolition derby that he thinks is just a normal race, and he wants to prove himself and get back out on an actual track and get some competition in so he can get better. Turns out to be this chaotic disaster, mm-hmm. and but like you said, Cruz wins. Mm-hmm. So for her, this was a very meaningful experience. Yeah. This was a formative moment in her life. For him, this was a joke. This was a waste. And that's when he yells at her, and they have that whole scene where she yeah. shares her story. So when life doesn't take the turn we want it to, and when we have a goal and it seems like life circumstances have set us five steps back from that goal, we can get mad at God and say, what in the world are you doing? You gave me this calling, at least I thought, or 
even more tragic. I mean, if we're dealing with loss or suffering, there are questions of what on earth? Yeah. God, why? Why Why is this happening? But we see in scripture that God uses those side roads and speed bumps to form people. If you think about Joseph, how his life experiences, you can see how what he went through for one, put him in a position to help feed an entire region during a famine. So God had bigger fish to fry. God, God was using his life for a bigger purpose. But also you could see how it formed Joseph into someone who went from being a relatively prideful kind of... Oh, he's a jerk. Yeah, self, self-promoting jerk to... Little brother. A forgiving to someone who is able to lead and someone who's able to forgive, and someone who has integrity. So think about that with lightning. He thought, eh, like in first movie, he gets stuck in Radiator Springs. Mm-hmm. What the heck is this? This is the worst. This is the worst side road of my life. He ends up making his best friend, finding the love of his, well, we aren't sure if Sally and her are a thing, because they don't flirt very much in Cars 3, but they do in Cars 1, but that's a side, tr- that's a side road. Anyway. <laughs> but he he saw Radiator Springs as the worst thing in his life turned out to be the thing that formed him into a more humble, more friendly, more loving person. Brought him Doc Hudson, who became his mentor. Yeah, highly influenced. So many things that Radiator Springs brought into his life. Well, in this movie, that happens again. Where, but he forgot again. God needs to teach him again, or he he needs to learn again that some of these sidetracks can actually be formative. And he becomes a good coach because of the journey that this movie took him on. Also, sometimes it's not about you. So he is so focused on how this side road affected him, he's not thinking about Cruz's life. And so for you and I, let's say there's days where we're like, man, I don't know. Like, is this where God wants me? Am I supposed to be here right now? Like doing this job? That's us not thinking about the student who was having a panic attack 30 minutes ago. And we were the one who was there for them and helped them, helped them remember who they are in Christ or helped them to be able to calm down and be able to do their homework. And sometimes things that we might feel like are pit stops we don't want. I'm using all the car analogies here. Pit stops, you bump, side Red lights, red lights. <laughs> red light. That's good. We want a green light from God. And he's like, nope, stay at this red light. Wow, there's a lot of these. We Have you use. listened to Green Lights by McConaughey? Is that a song? It's his memoir. By yeah, Matthew he, McConaughey? Yeah. Is this? A, is he a Christian? Is he talking about? I th- he fears God. That is the, yeah. I true. am intrigued. Okay. okay. Anyway, anyway that, that, that sounds good. But his thing is, we often see red lights, but they're actually green lights. You get the kind of hmm. Wow. He says it better. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you can imagine this. The, the Lincoln. The Lincoln. Oh, his voice? Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe he should be my next guest. (laughs) I should ask him. Uh, Anyway, God uses these twists and turns to form us. Hmm. Can I share a quick story? I read this in Abba's Child by Brendan Manning. You love that book. Uh, That book changed changed my life. That's for another podcast. But uh, there's a story about these two clay pots that a, uh, I don't know who, some villager or person is using is carrying two clay pots across his back with like a pole in, in the middle the pole is resting on his back and the clay pots are at the end and in the story there's two, 
one clay pot is broken at parts, it's still, you know, it's cracked. And it causes water to run out of it. And it is jealous of the other pot because it's clean, it's uh, strong, it's stable, it doesn't lose any water. And he is so sad and upset about who he is and ashamed. But the, the villager gets to look at this pot and gets to tell him, he says, you know, look at this path that we have just walked. And after months of doing this, he kind of changed or turns his perspective to see the path. And he sees all the flowers that grew along the, the strip where he walked, where, where, he, uh, where his water dripped and he watered these, these beautiful flowers. And so not only to say it's not about us, but also, and God is interested in forming us. He's in, into more of it, the likeness of his son. He is also using our weaknesses and using the things that mm. we think. Why is this a... God, we, if you would just completely get rid of this, I'd be so much just, more effective. I'd, I would be, yeah. I, but instead, yeah. there is purpose and there is even, maybe even intention, which is probably even harder. Are you impressed with what we can get from Cars 3, Josiah? <laughs> are, are you... Do you now realize, like, hey, I think it's becoming my favorite picture. There you go. (laughs) I think I think it deserves a rewatch. Honestly, yeah. Well, thank you, Josiah. It is now time for us to say what character the other person is. You look very excited. Oh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first for you? I'll go first. Okay. I was just laughing at the idea of me saying chick hicks, but it's definitely not. In, in our in not. our sinful condition, we are all Chick Hicks in a way. But Jesus redeems yes. the Chick Hicks of the world. Go ahead. No, I am jealous of the Tom Selleck like mustache of Chick Hicks. His his grill or what, yeah, what do you call that? The at? grill. I, uh, yeah, I don't. Muzzle, muffle, muffler. <laughs> no, <it's, no. laughs> grill, grill, hood cap, hub cap. No, <laughs> it's a grill. It's, it's a definitely grill. grill. Okay, okay. Definitely I had grill. it for I had it right first, but you did. I'm not great with my car talk. But yeah. Anyway. Ditto. Uh, okay. Honestly, I think you're Lightning McQueen. Okay. Here we go. This cool. is why. Let me. Well, for okay, we could talk about the ultra competitive side, which is so fun. I am speed. <laughs> I am spike ball <laughs> champion. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Wreck! I am champion. Yeah, how many? Baby. How many shorts and stars do you have? A lot. Keep going. <laughs> A lot. But um, but I think it's also how so. We can go both sides here. Oh, I'm not saying you should give up playing Rec IMs. Like, people are taking it. No, that's not where we're going. But you being, I, I have seen time and time again this year, time and time again, it's been two months that we've been working together. Yeah, even in just these two months, I can see how much of an encouragement you are to me as an RD, but also, and probably more importantly, the students you work with of how, and in Lightning coming full circle and being the great coach that he was called to be and was actually training to be all along, that you have the the excitement you get in telling me of a success that that a student is making or had mm-hmm. or, yeah, how genuinely excited you are in not even if they made a success, but in another situation you're telling me like, how much potential they have you're so excited mm-hmm. and it's just there's a genuineness to to you in this work that is that is self-forgetful and that is something that i that i need to strive to be 
more like or really i just probably need to get out of the way more and just open my eyes and see what my students or these students on this campus are doing uh so it's a it's a real encouragement so thanks josiah lightning lightning mcqueen and your lightning mcqueen in the after the the wax facade is off of him thank you yes but I still need to learn some of his lessons too. Like I or am yeah. learning them. So, oh, and Lightning's Thanks. not perfect. Lightning. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he's not. He was mean to Mater in Cars too. <laughs> 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 and then we have talked more about Cars too. Well, yeah. I the amount of Chick Hicks references <laughs> in this. I I could have I could have talked about Cars three without mentioning him once. But I'm so glad you brought Chick Hicks into it. I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, thank you so much. Now. When you interviewed Josiah after that interview where I let you in, I said to my coworkers, I said, oh, what do you guys think of Josiah? And they're like, he's like you. <laughs> so I think- Who are you mimicking in that point? <laughs> I'm sorry, Vanessa, I love you. Um, she said he was like you. I, so I kind of thought we might pick the same person, but we didn't. Because Josiah, I picked Smokey. I think you're like Smokey. Uh, so Smokey was actually Doc's mentor and coach. And now he, in this movie, because Doc Hudson has died. Which, wait, how does a car? Well, anyway, that's another question. How does a car die like that? Uh, but Smokey, he goes to Smokey. And Smokey is kind of a mentor who has a poise and wisdom that he's able to then help Lightning see things from a different perspective. And I think you have a heart to help people shift their perspective in a way that they can see the beauty in a situation. So you, you care about helping people see beauty in the small things you help care. You care about helping people who are maybe fixated on one issue that seems to be dominating their life to help them see like where God is and see his love for them. And I think Smokey is someone who, he is able to speak truth into Lightning's life by showing him of the bigger picture and showing him that this thing you are focused on and you think it was what Doc's life was focused on is actually a a much longer and broader story that's being told here. So I think, Josiah, I appreciate how you have spoken into my life in a way that has helped me have a better perspective. And I think part of that is because that's what God teaches you. And that's the journey you're on too, is God shifting your perspective. But that's what this movie kind of shows is that all of us have been mentored and discipled by somebody. Hmm. And then we just teach those same lessons God had to teach us to somebody else. So thank you, Josiah, for being a smoky to me and then a smoky to the RAs, residents, and those you love. Hmm. Thank you, Porter. This actually might be what... This is what this is what Mater said. Somebody taught him. That's what oh, said. there it is. You I, remember? I just, I just thought about it because he's, he's talking about Doc, Doc, and he goes, "Oh, he's well, like, oh, if only Doc was here, I would." Be and he's like, "Well, somebody taught him. Everyone is taught by someone else," which I thought was another great point of this movie, of the humility of self forgetfulness of like being willing to say, like, "Yeah, this isn't this isn't my nothing new under the sun here. Like, I'm not in, inventing this." I'm just being taught and I'm trying to teach you not because I'm so important, but really like I picked up everything from back there. And you are a learner. You love to learn. You love to gain wisdom from others. And then you like to share it and say, Oh, look what this cool thing I read in this book. 
Thank you, Porter. And yeah, listening on my drive to Portland, Maine with Lee, pronounced Lee this summer, listening to a friend of me on the Finding Nemo, I thought, how do I get on this podcast? And I, it's been a, it's been, yeah, it's it, like, this means more than you probably think to be invited to talk about. I mean, honestly, I was like, really? Cars 3? But still, this is a, this was a great film. Yeah. And I will be watching it again this semester. Cool. I love to hear it. That's a reminder to you all. You should watch it. Hopefully you watch it before listening. But <laughs> if you haven't watched it, go and give Cars 3 another watch. It's definitely worth it. And there's a lot to think about. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Take care, Josiah. Hey, Porter. Talk to you later. See you at Lane and Chapel. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation on Cars 3. It was an honor to talk with Josiah, my dear new friend, and we had a lot of fun. So thanks for tuning in and listening to us chat. Now, I want to remind you that this Sunday at 7 p.m., so October 29th, 7 p.m., will be the Elemental live stream episode So it'll be live streamed on my Facebook page. I'll have a link to that in the bio of this episode. um, And you can also uh, find it on my Instagram. Now, as a closing thought, as I reflect on Cars 3, I have been thinking a lot about the elder people in my life who have impacted my faith. One of them specifically is named Dolly Yates. She's 104 years old. She's an incredible woman of God. She's been walking with Jesus for 90 years. So when you talk with her, you just are blessed by a life uh, that has been walked with Jesus for decades and decades. And she is someone who my family knows, and she befriended my mom first, and then she befriended me. So we would play Scrabble together, Rummy Cube, and she would always point me to Jesus, always talk to me about how um, the Lord loves me and has a plan for me and that I just need to trust him. And she has had a lot going on recently. Uh, She's 104, so uh, yeah, has lived a very long life and I'm just very grateful for the perspective she has given me, and this movie has inspired me to be grateful for those who have poured into my life, those who have helped me to walk with Jesus and helped me to navigate challenges in life, and Dolly is certainly one of them. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is greeting Timothy, and he says this, I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and, I am persuaded, now lives in you also. Praise God for Lois and Eunice, women who walked faithfully in a confidence of God's provision and grace in their life and were able to pass that down to Timothy so as you, as we close, I just want to encourage you, thank God for the elders in your life who have pointed you to him. Don't take them for granted. Remember what they've taught you and remember that they were taught too. And there was someone else who was a blessing in their life and someone was a blessing in that person's life. The chain goes back and it has led to you. There have been faithful witnesses of the gospel in so many different lives that has now impacted you. 
So be grateful for that. And remember, you're now a new link in the chain. You can be a mentor. You can be a coach. You can be a discipler. You can be a witness to what God has done. Thanks for listening, everybody. Sunday, 7 p.m. See you on the live stream. Bye-bye.